How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. From CBS Radio Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring producer Moraz and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. All right, and a happy Thursday to you, everybody. We are toasting to the good stuff today, a thirsty Thursday. So you can tweet at me, DA on CBS, or hit me up on the phones at 855-212-4227 with what you are toasting to. Hashtag toast them. Booskies. Booskies. Hashtag toast them. Coming up in 20 minutes, a brand new segment called Fatherhood at the Movies. I've been trapped is the wrong word because it's a wonderful thing to be a dad, but I have been with Little AJ overnight now for two and a half weeks, trying to stay up, watching a lot of bad movies. And so I've decided to prove my worth to Bogus and Mraz. Of course, Bogus is out today. What can we do about that? But I'm going to show these guys that I have put in the work to get caught up to date on pop culture. I will review the movies that I've been watching. Wow. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about E.T. I want to get into sports first, but I do want to tell you that this was a project that I took on to impress you guys, because all I ever hear is I'm out of touch. I haven't watched anything since the eighties, yada, yada, yada. And I said, you know what? I'm going to upend that narrative. I'm going to do my homework here and I'm going to prove to these guys that I am getting caught up to date and not just an old fogey that's transitioning out of you know, knowing anything that's happening in the world. And so I specifically chose movies that I thought were relevant to pop culture today or the show itself, okay? I'm, I'm very excited for this. So we'll review the late night flicks coming up here in 20 minutes. And in 40 minutes, the Jaguars with a big stadium rendition. Last night, game three, NBA Finals. Goes to the Denver Nuggets, a 15-point win by Denver. Offensively, they were awesome all night long, and it was Jokic and Jamal Murray. Both had 30-point games. In fact, both of them had 30-point triple doubles. Jokic had a 30-20-10. Murray had a 30-10-10, but it's the first time ever in NBA history, regular season or postseason, that two teammates had 30-point triple doubles. That's how historic last night was for the Nuggets. And this is interesting. 
I just got the odds emailed to me about next year's favorites for the Stanley Cup and for the NBA Finals. And already these odds are are out by Vegas and the Nuggets are next year's favorites to win. They haven't even won this year yet. Next year's favorites are the Nuggets, followed by the Celtics, then the Bucks, then the Suns. So how about the Suns acquiring Kevin Durant and even next year they're only the fourth shortest odds in the NBA to win a championship. But I was thinking about this because the Nuggets are two wins away for winning this title, and they are superior to the Miami Heat. There is plenty of Heat admirers such as myself that don't want to hear it because of the run that they've been on, and it dumped some cold water on the Cinderella run by the Heat and Eric Spolstra's greatness and Jimmy Butler's greatness. But the fact is, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, no Tyler Hero, the idea that the number one seed out West would not be a significant roster level up from the eight seed in the East is ludicrous. And look, I respect the Heat. All along, I said the Heat were going to be a problem in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I thought that the Celtics dodged a huge bullet when they lost in the playing game, the Heat to the Hawks. I talked about that on the show. I picked the Heat to beat the Celtics. I made good money on that Eastern Conference Finals. Look, I've been on the Heat's jock throughout this whole thing, but coming into this series, the Nuggets have too much talent. Jokic is too superior as a star to, to really push his offense along and to facilitate an offense that the Heat just simply can't keep up with that I have thought all along that the Nuggets were going to win this series in five. I put money on the Nuggets winning the series in five. We'll see. They're up 2-1. They'd have to then win another one in Miami and then come home to close it out. But I just think that it's it's a different level than the Heat have played in the Eastern Conference. And now Vegas is saying, yes, the Nuggets are better than everybody else, even next year as well. Now, of course, these are very early odds. But my point being, the Denver Nuggets are a really good team for today's NBA. I don't know if they're a great team historically. They're a really good team in today's NBA, which is interesting because it shows if you view the entire landscape as the evaporation of the super team. The Nuggets are really good for today's NBA, and there's nobody out there that right now looks to be better than them next year. But if they had to get through the Warriors with Kevin Durant, nobody would have the Nuggets as the favorites. Even the Cavs with Kyrie and Kevin Love, they certainly wouldn't be the favorites. The Heat with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Bosh, the Nuggets wouldn't be the favorites. That we just happen to have this pocket in time where there aren't the super teams. And that's good. I think that's really good. I know that it means the television ratings are going to be lower, but it means that everybody has a better crack at this. And so the Nuggets, who have not had Jamal Murray for the last two postseasons, the last time they had him was the bubble when they went to the Western Conference Finals, that this team, had they had a healthy Jamal Murray the last two years, might have had a five-year window where they could have won multiple titles. 
Isn't that interesting? That suddenly out of nowhere, the Heat are the best team of the the Nuggets are the best team of the NBA. And it could have been this way if their second best star wasn't injured the last two years. Really interesting. But they played very well last night and they take a 2-1 series lead. Looks like Leo Messi is going to come to MLS and play for Inter-Miami FC. He had many overtures from other leagues, including playing in Saudi Arabia for tons of cash, and instead looks like he's opting for MLS. It looks like it's all but done, although it's not signed, sealed, delivered yet. There's something that they still got to finalize. Sounds like that he's going to get piece of business along with it that it won't just be a salary he's going to have some type of minority ownership stake in the franchise and he's going to get a cut of apple tv subscriptions for the mls package so these are things i guess that got to be ironed out and how to help make the worth of coming here to play in the states at least competitive with what he has made internationally because of course mls doesn't have the same deep pockets that the international clubs do. My take on this is really good for American soccer. Really, really good for American soccer. This began with Beckham in 2007 when Beckham came here. Beckham was a global brand, and Beckham still had good soccer to play. And then he came to MLS and made Galaxy games important. At the time, when he was playing for the Galaxy, I was handling sideline duties for the television broadcast of the New England Revolution. And the Revs, they drew okay. I mean, they, they play at Gillette, home of the, the, the football team, the Patriots. So it's not a great atmosphere. The fans, they've got great fans, but, you know, just it, wouldn't, it doesn't draw the same as a soccer-specific stadium would in New England. But, boy, when Beckham came to town, it was a thing. So Beckham with the Galaxy in the States with MLS definitely was worth something to MLS for credibility, star power, interest, etc. And it kind of put them on the map of taking, being taken seriously as a league. Since then, we've had Thierry Henry. We've had Zlatan. We've had Wayne Rooney. We've had some big international stars come here and play. And look, I'll, I'll be... Frank with you, I think you probably know this, all of these stars have something in common. They come here for their retirement tour. The States is a nice place to round out your career. MLS is a nice place to play. Why? Because Beckham could come here and Rooney can come here and Zlatan and Thierry can come here. And if they don't win the MLS Cup, there is no scrutiny. There is no pressure. If you win, great. If you don't, it's nothing like playing in the Premier League and failing. It's not like playing for Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, any of these. It's nothing. There's no comparison. You have no scrutiny, no intensity to have to win. So you come here and conditions are good. Playing conditions are good. This is something that MLS can hang their hat on. International stars like to come here. Pressure is low. Working conditions are good. There's no safety conditions with the turf. There's no, you know, stadium decrepitness. There's no problems with travel. There's no, it's just, it's a comfortable way to live. 
You fly on nice planes, you go to nice cities, you play in nice stadiums, and there's no pressure. So it's a really nice jaunt when you're in your mid to late 30s and you still have got soccer to play, but you kind of don't want to play on a lower level internationally where maybe you might not get paid on time or maybe the travel budget's not very high or maybe the stadiums are falling down because they're 100 years old. You know, that's, that's a lot different. So playing in MLS is very comfortable and nice for these stars. But this is good for MLS because I think that Messi's a different type of star than the other guys. Beckham certainly was a, a huge global brand. But I think less so by, because of his play and more because of who he was. He was a fashion icon, married to Posh Spice. He was kind of British royalty in some ways. That's where his brand came from. My guess is many of you paid attention to Beckham or heard of Beckham coming to MLS. The other guys you might have never heard of. Thierry Henry, Wayne Rooney, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, I, my guess is you guys are like, huh, who, what? Those are great players. But Messi's way bigger of an international star. And so to get him here means more casual sports fans have heard of somebody in M MLS and might pay for the package to watch him and might and might want to pay attention to to Miami and might want to to buy a Messi jersey because now he's playing in MLS and that's that's a difference maker he's an his style of play is exciting he just won a world cup i don't know how many great years he has left he's at the end of the career but he just won a World Cup. He's still messy. He still carries that brand. It is very important. So this is a huge win for MLS. This is a huge, huge victory for MLS. And Messi's also a guy that I think, I think, we'll see, would care about the brand of what he brings to the table. I think that matters to him. I think he cares about doing things the right way. I think he didn't want to just take the money to go to from the Saudis to go play meaningless soccer. I think he wanted to do something that felt a little more important than that. And you know, coming to the States is important just because we are the U.S. as a global phenomenon from a sports standpoint. I mean, no other country has leagues that are as big as football and basketball and hockey and baseball. That we just we have all these huge sports brands here in the States. So I think it matters to him to come and to do something that that means something. So I, I think this is different than the other ones. We'll see how good the soccer is. We'll see what he's got left. But I do think that this is important for MLS, and I think it, it, he will be committed to the cause. And this is this, to me, feels different than the other guys, including... Beckham, because MLS is in a different spot as well. MLS is in a far stronger spot. You look at what expansion fees go for. I mean, the expansion fees for MLS are huge. And all these soccer-specific stadiums, they are beautiful. The facilities at MLS are crazy. You know, it used to be you shared a decrepit old stadium with either a football team or a soccer stadium that hadn't been used in 30 years. And now everybody's got a brand-new stadium. It's, it's incredible. So it's a big win for MLS. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm a Messi fan, so this should be fun.
When we come back here on the show, fatherhood at the movies. DA, CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rule tape. Wait a minute. Why do you want that beer so bad? Because he's thirsty, dummy. Too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! From the minds that brought you mothership at the movies, he's bleary-eyed, he's mixing formula, and he's sifting through the Roku channel at 4 a.m. Now's the time. We present Fatherhood at the Movies. You look like a dad who lost his kid at Coachella. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. It has been a, a tough go at things at times. AJ was born on Tuesday, May the 23rd. So we are going on two and a half weeks now, and I have drawn the overnight shift. Primarily because I've offered for it and my wife is doing a million other jobs during the day, taking care of him for all hours. And so I said, I've done this before. I can do the overnight. Merez, when you had the girls, did you pull the overnight straw since we used to do overnights and our bodies are somewhat accustomed to it? <laughs> only on the weekends. I Only on the weekends. Uh, but yes, when I had to, it was absolutely brutal. I think actually I used the overnight scars to say I can't do this anymore. <laughs> So the first two weeks when I was not working, I did 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. And now since we've been back this week, I'm doing midnight to 3. So I am taking him overnights and to stay up, I'm watching movies. And now I'm watching the games again because I'm doing the shows. But And then I'm taking a nap before the show, before we come on the air. So this has been my schedule. So it's left a lot of time. To watch movies and to catch up on things. And Mraz and Bogish primarily kill me all the time for not watching or not knowing modern television or movies. So I said, you know what? Let's move through some films instead of getting locked into one TV series to keep things fresh. Because I need to keep moving the chains in the middle of the night to stay awake. You know, there is a lot of nights where I'm just like dozing off. Oh my God, dozing off. 
and I need to keep moving the chain. So I tried to pick films that are either specific to this show or are relatively new. I have gone through Netflix, Amazon Prime, Roku Channel, Hulu. I've delved into them all. And the big lesson is every platform, every one of these streaming platforms has like three good movies and then the rest is absolute trash. So you have to just like sift through the three good movies at each one and then you got to move on to the next app. So the worst movie I saw, I'm going to start ranking 14 movies that I've seen. <laughs> and note that these 14 films happened in the first 14 days, I would say. Really the first 11, the first 11 days. Because I didn't watch any movies at the hospital and we were there for three nights, four days. And I haven't watched any movies the last three nights because I've been watching the Cup and, and the NBA Finals. So basically, this is condensed to like a week and a half. I watched 14 movies. It's a lot. The worst one I saw was something called Ideal Home. Now, you're probably going to say I've never even heard of this, correct? Yeah, I certainly have not. This is from 2018, so it's kind of new, and it starred Paul Rudd. And the, the movie poster says these dads suck. And it's Paul <laughs> Rudd and another guy and a little little son and i'm like oh paul rudd he he wanted to know about pete the body's car we have a relationship with paul rudd let me watch this it was so awful in terms of what i liked about it the booskies paul rudd was in it the catchphrase is these dads suck so i thought it was kind of like a judd apatow type of thing and it had the right message it ends up that the these two guys are a couple and they kind of adopt this young son because he's got no dad and no mom in the picture and his dad goes to jail. And so the message is, you know, love comes from non-traditional places. And as long as love is love, it, it means the world to young people and, and it can change kids' lives. Okay, fine. That's good. The bad was this movie was atrocious. It was boring. It was not clever. It was disjointed. It was boring. It was not funny. It was boring. I didn't even want to finish the film, and I wouldn't have unless it was for, for Fatherhood of the Movies. This one, I don't know why Paul Rudd took this 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 role. It must have been a favor to somebody. It's buried deep on, I think, Roku Channel or something, maybe Hulu. Don't ever spend your time watching this. It gets one oink. <laughs> I, I'm looking at his IMDb. I, I can't even find it listed, DA. <laughs> this is that he probably hit? wants it buried. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's all. Paul Rudd's got to be better than that. He once dated Phoebe. Yeah, and Paul Rudd makes pretty much consistently good movies, wouldn't you say? Now, I, I haven't seen the yeah. Ant-Man movies, but I, oh, every Paul Rudd movie is pretty good, so I figured I had yeah. a, a decent one. Here. Or at least even if you don't like it, enough other people like it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to like every Paul Rudd movie, but the Paul Rudd movies, for the most part, people like. It was miserable. It was the worst Paul Rudd vehicle oh. of all time. Absolutely miserable. Now I now I don't trust him looking at Pete's car. He's made bad decisions in the past. <laughs> Number 13 on the list, something called 65. Okay, the plot of this is that Adam Driver is a driver of a spaceship, and the spaceship carries a bunch of people, and it's trying to get to another planet, but 
it hits an unexpected asteroid field and crash lands onto Earth 65 million years ago. I think the plot is that there were advanced civilizations 65 million years ago, and they happened to design a spaceship, and they happened to crash land on Earth. And the thing was that I was thinking this is cool was, number one, it was new. It was like, this is checkmark in the box of Bogushin Mraz, so they can see I watched something new. <laughs> okay. Number two, Adam Driver, big Hollywood celebrity. Okay, so he usually has some big blockbuster films. And number three, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool concept because it was like prehistoric Earth that you had to survive. So I was thinking there was going to be saber-toothed tigers and there was going to be woolly mammoths and there was going to be cool creatures and the graphics looked pretty good. So I thought this would be an interesting sci-fi film. The only booskies it gets was that it had dinosaurs in it. That's it. All of... The dinosaurs, though, were bad because they were all the Jurassic Park dinosaurs. I've seen them all. It was only the T-Rexes and raptors or raptor-like dinosaurs. They didn't use any cool dinosaurs or any other prehistoric creatures. So it was so played. It was like basically a really bad Jurassic Park version. Also, it was completely illogical. There was nothing no, nothing interesting about it. It was a total who cares and it was a money grab by Driver because he the, the one person that survives in the plane crash, the spaceship crash, is a younger girl who doesn't speak his language. She speaks a foreign language. And this guy and Driver's like, well, I, I don't know what you speak. And he's got he's and apparently his translator broke in the crash. So they can't <laughs> they can't communicate with one another the entire film. Well, who is trusting a huge trip like this through space? with the one conductor who can't translate any other (laughs) language. All he can do is speak English. And also, he speaks English like we speak English. 65 million years ago, there's a culture that's just speaking regular Americanized English. There's a point in time where he's pointing at his canteen like, you want water, you want water? (laughs) And he's frustrated that she doesn't understand. And I'm like... Why would she understand you just pointing and saying, you want water? Go get it. Go get water. And he's getting all frustrated. I'm like, this is so illogical. It's so stupid. It was the only movie I didn't finish. I had 48 hours to watch. Wow. I, actually, I bought this one. I couldn't even make it to the end. I got about 15 minutes to the end. I'm sure they made it off that damn uh, planet. And I'm just like, I don't even care. I don't care if they survived. I don't care if they died. It's just the worst movie. So I give that <laughs> 1.5 <laughs> 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 Have you ever heard of 65? I just looked into it and it looks like the ending is the big payoff from what oh, I just really? read. So yes. I missed the big payoff. Apparently. But it's, I wouldn't still call it a good top 10 film of all time. Atrocity. Number 12 is hard for me to rank this low because I wanted to like it and I assumed I would love it. This was a film from 1977. Now you roll your eyes. DA, you said you were going to do updated (laughs) movies. Why would you do this? Because it's an American classic, Smokey and the Bandit. And I'm thinking, Burt Reynolds, this is a a movie I've never seen before that I should have seen. It has Sally Field in it, Burt Reynolds in his prime in the 70s. I'm like, of course I'm going to love this. I am... I am disappointed to say I really didn't like it. It was it was a huge it was a huge point of, of disappointment because I assumed I was gonna love it. The good was 
the theme song is is something that you hear all the time. It's a, it's an American classic theme song, and the plot is great that this bold rogue of a race car driver, Burt Reynolds, needs to get beer across state lines. Did you know, Mraz, that back in the 70s, Coors, which is, of course, brewed in Colorado, was not allowed east of the Mississippi. Wow! Yeah, you could not get it. You had to bootleg get it, which is the plot of the movie, that Burt Reynolds is a race car driver and kind of a, a renegade, and he is going to take the bet that he can move a, ca- a truckload cases of illegal cores across state lines and into Georgia. Wow. Where the, the, the race kind of ends. Is he Smokey or the Bandit? He is the Bandit. Smokey is the cops. Smokey is known in, in oh, yes. apparently back in the day, and this is now CB culture of, of uh, big wheel trucking. Yeah. Got a couple Smokies up on the shoulder here. Yeah. And so they're called County Mounties as well. And so there's a whole lot of cool trucking lingo in here. And again, I wanted to love this. The problem was it was so flat. It For an hour and a half, it was just the same exact scene. Smokey is a, um, a, a dim-witted, um, dim-witted county sheriff from uh, Texas chasing the bandit, chasing Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is actually in a, in a uh, Trans Am ahead of the truck. So he's trying to create like um, a distraction and, and and throw the cops off off the scent. And it's just dim-witted cops crashing into one another. They take the wrong turn in a dirt road. They don't make it across a broken bridge. They fall into the drink. They fall into the river. They, they, you know, they get stuck in a, a diner, you know, the stuff in their face. It's just like the same gag over and over again. And I'm like, I wanted to love this movie. Sally Field is great in it. Absolutely great. But the movie itself is so underwhelming. And they made a Smokey and the Bandit too. And this thing is like <laughs> one of the most popular movies of the 70s. So I wanted to love it. But Smokey and the Bandit only got a two oinks. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I I can't do movies that took place before 1980, so no. Wow. So you you never seen, like, The Godfather? Never watched The Godfather. I'm sure it's great. I just, I cannot focus on movies that are, like, either faded color or black and white. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, they're all in color at the same Yeah, but they're, like, faded color. Like, it's not sharp. I, it's just a weird thing I have. And I, I, I've never seen the original Rocky. I don't do well with those movies. Wow, you haven't seen Rocky? No. Godfather? No. I, I, and I'm not I'm not saying they wouldn't be great. I just personally cannot focus in movies that look like that on my screen. Okay. Yeah, I was disappointed. Okay, now number 11. A movie that's relatively new is also 2018 called Stan and Ollie. Have you seen this? This was John C. Riley playing <laughs> no. Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> no, I haven't seen this movie. What platform are these on? Uh... Again, one of these streaming devices. I, I don't know. One of these apps. Maraz, have you heard of Laurel and Hardy? <laughs> yes. Okay. So Laurel and Hardy was, they were a comedic tandem back in the 30s and 40s. And they were originally silent era. And then they were in uh, the, the regular talkie era. And they were they were like the, they were Abbott and Costello before Abbott and Costello. They were one of the most famous globally recognized comedians and comedic duos of all time. They are still recognized as as one of the greats. And so I thought this was cool because John C. Riley is Hardy. And I'm like, 
John C. Riley doesn't make bad movies. Laurel and Hardy, this is up Pete's alley, right? Pete the Body, wouldn't you want to see a Laurel and Hardy movie that was done well? Done well. Maybe not with John C. Riley, but yeah, done well. But John C. Riley does great dramatic acting. You know, he was in Gangs of New York. He's a really he's a really advanced actor. And so I was like, oh, that's good. And the subject matter, I was into Laurel and Hardy. It's a historical frame of reference that I certainly don't have from the 30s and 40s. And then friendship of these two guys and how they worked together and they were kind of at odds at times. I wanted to like it and I just couldn't. It was so slow. It was so quiet. It was so dragging. And maybe if I wasn't trying to stay up in the middle of the night, I could have gotten into it if I was in like a small artsy theater and I was really like locked into it. But this, it did not keep my attention. It was somewhat depressing because it was about how they were past their prime and they were trying to conjure up the old greatness. And then John C. Riley Hardy is overweight, so he comes down with a heart attack and then he has to retire. And then Laurel gets all sad because his career is over as well. I'm just like, this is really depressing. So Stan and Ollie, unfortunately, only got a 2.25 oinks out of me. <laughs> 2.25 ones. That's my first four of fatherhood. Of the okay. I know that you're zonked. I know that you're up weird hours. We've been there. We relate. But if we're going to go through 14 movies, how was that four of them? How? I mean, I guess I'll give you a piss with Smokey and the Bandit. If you've never seen it, you go, fine. I mean, 65, whatever that crap was you watched with Paul Rudd. I mean, Ideal you're better home. than this. Well, again, I was sucked into things that I thought I would like. I thought I would like a Paul Rudd movie whose catchphrase was, these dads suck. I thought it was basically two and a half men. I'd be like, oh, this is going to be good. No, it wasn't. I thought 65 might be good because of sci-fi with dinosaurs. Well, also, you got on here and treated uh, Adam Driver like he's Ben Affleck. Let's calm down. We don't have to watch everything Adam Driver's in either. Well, I mean, the guy is, a. I think he's pretty close to A-list. No. I mean, he's in Girls. I mean, Adam Driver. I, I would say Adam Driver is a B-plus well, list. He's been in the Star Wars films as well. Okay. That, well, I haven't seen any of those, so maybe that's why. Yeah. He's been in some big stuff. <sighs> anyway. So, anyway, we're, we're through the bad stuff. Now we're to the top ten. Okay, so starting. Oh, oh boy. Can't wait to see this. I don't even know if we'll do this tomorrow <laughs> because, again, Bogus is out, and I did this to impress him as well, you and him. Well, Bogus is the winner here. He didn't have to sit through those first four. So at least when he comes back, we get to the good stuff. I hope we get to the good stuff. (laughs) I tried. I really tried. There are a few, though, on this list that I was like, this is a great movie. They were few and far between, but there were some great movies as well. We'll get to those. Standing by with headlines, here is Mr. Pat Boyle. All right, D.A., more history last night from the Denver Nuggets. Rebound down to Jamal Murray, and that is a triple-double for Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic in the same game, and there's the horn! Denver takes game three in Miami! Jason Kosmeski, Nuggets Radio, the call. Denver takes back home court advantage with a 109-94 win in game three over the Heat in Miami. Denver now with a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals. And that history that you heard, dueling triple doubles from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jokic had 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. That's history on its own, as it's just the fifth ever 30-20-10 in NBA playoff history. Jokic has three of them, but Jamal Murray had a 30-point triple-double. 
It is the first time in any game in NBA history that teammates recorded a 30-point triple-double in the same game. How about some love for Christian Brown? The rookie from Kansas averaged just over four and a half points per game in the regular season, but he popped off the bench for 15 points last night. For Miami, Jimmy Butler at 28. Bam Adebayo had 22 points and 17 rebounds, but they struggled from deep, just like in game one, shooting just 11 of 35 from three. Heat head coach Eric Spolstra said Jokic and Murray were just too damn good. You have to expect there to be elite talent uh, in the in the finals, and both those guys are elite level talent. At our best version, we've find ways to overcome that, uh, make it tough on them, and then certainly not lose the overwhelming majority of of those physical battles and lose the physical battles they did denver out rebounded miami 58 to 33 and crushed them in the paint game four back in miami on friday night speaking of south florida the panthers will try and give the folks something to be happy about they trail the vegas golden knights two games to none in the stanley cup finals but the series shifts to sunrise tonight for game three puck drop at eight o'clock over to baseball the run of the sanchez continues here's the 0-1 pitch and that's hit in the air to deep left center field. Kalnick's going to go back. He's on the warning track, looking up, going to go. Gary Sanchez at it again. A three-run home run. And the Padres rally with two outs here in the third inning and extend their lead. It's 4 to nothing. Jesse Agler, Padres radio the call. Gary Sanchez with his fourth home run in nine games with the Friars. Juan Soto also had his first career five-hit game. They rocked the Mariners 10-3. But how about this run from El Gary? Didn't get a free agency offer all winter. Picked up by the Giants and couldn't make it out of the minor leagues. The Mets signed him and he played two games before they DFA'd him. And the Padres had the worst catcher war in baseball this season. So they took a flyer on him. And How is this happening? Yeah, it's How un- is it's Gary Sanchez doing this? <laughs> guy, first of all, it's not like the guy had no ability. He's been a home run hitter in baseball. He's going to be hot for two weeks or, and then he'll cool off and be nothing again. Okay, so you don't think that this is some type of renaissance in his no. career? No, no. They, we've seen this kind of story before where you pick up a guy, he sucked forever, he gets hot for a little bit, and then eventually he cools off and you forget that he was hot for a period of time. But he sucked with everybody up until this, and then immediately what? he was great. That's, I mean, that's not the guy who was a former rookie of the year. No, no, I just mean the end of his Yankees era, as Boyle just laid out, the Giants thought he sucked. The yeah. Mets thought he sucked. That's all this season. Yeah, this season. He wasn't terrible with the Twins. Wasn't terrible. It's not like he's been in the Atlantic League floating around. This season, yeah. But you know what? The Mets signed him because they were in a pinch. You know, if they stuck it out a little bit, he could have gotten hot with them. I well, just yeah, don't, this I, is going to sting for them. Yeah, I don't think this is that like crazy surprising. What would be crazy surprising is if we get to September and he's got 30 homers. That, you know, two weeks or a week, I don't think that's that crazy. Okay. You have a knack for jinxing things, Sean, so I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does show you, though, Boyle, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. It's not funny. I tried to catch Morty there. I didn't even do a wind-up. Morty, Morty's all <laughs> rested up. He tried to quick pitch him. He was ready. Yeah, that was a quick pitch. Uh, back on the East Coast, Pete and DA, close your ears. <laughs> it was another implosion last night from the Mets bullpen. 1-1 to Harris. High fly ball to deep center field. Back to the wall. Cold-blooded Michael Harris. A home run to straightaway center. Gotta hurt. Well, it wasn't just the bullpen. It was Scherzer, too, that coughed up the lead. Yeah, that is true. He had 10 strikeouts and 11 hits allowed in, in five plus. Scherzer had a 4 1 lead in this game, right, Pete? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, but also, you, if you want to ruin something, bring it out of Malavino. Was, he yeah. is horrible. By the way, <laughs> who, who was the guy who hit? He's been cold forever. He had a big night last night. 
Yeah, bad. Uh, ben Ingram, Braves Radio. That was the nail in the coffin. Michael Harris, two-run bomb, propels the Braves to a comeback win for the second straight night over the Mets, 7-5 the final. Mets have now lost five in a row for the first time since 2021, and it could have been even worse last night. Pete Alonso left the game in the first inning after being hit with a 96-mile-an-hour fastball on the wrist from Charlie Morton. X-rays were negative, though, so Major League Baseball's home run leader, Pete Alonso, due for a CAT scan today. I can't even believe Charlie Morton can get to 96. Yeah. Yeah. He's still got the juice, man. And Charlie Morton went to the X-ray room after he came up the mound to apologize. Yeah, because you really? had uh, you had yeah, a very cool story. You had classy Braves fans that were basically cheering when Alonzo went down, and then cheered again when he came off the field to exit the game. All class, get him out! Wow. <laughs> and Charlie Morton, known best as Uncle Rufus, Uncle Rufus, Uncle Rufus, called him Uncle Rufus when he pitched for the Astros in a demeaning fashion before the Astros <laughs> beat the Yankees. Shame on me! I learned my lesson. Uncle Rufus owns me. <laughs> can still zing at 96. He can. Brewers rookie center fielder Joey Weimer had a good feast last night. Two jacks and five ribs. Brewers slugged the Orioles 10-2. to two. Uh, two more quick things. Women's College World Series started last night in Oklahoma City. The Sooners now won a win away from a three-peat. They're they took, unreal. Yeah. Took game one last night, blanking Florida State 5-0. OU's T.R.A. Jennings became the all-time RBI leader in Women's College World Series history with a run-scoring single. And Jordy Ball with a complete game shutout with 10 Ks. So Oklahoma has now won 52 straight games. Oh they are 60 and 1, and they can complete the three-peat with a sweep if they win in game two tonight at 7.30 Eastern. And finally, French Open men's quarterfinals finished up yesterday. A year ago, he tore ligaments in his ankle in the semifinals against Nadal. This year, he's healthy, and he's back in the semis. Alexander Zverev took down Tomas Martin Echeverri in four sets. He will meet Casper Ruud, last year's French Open runner-up, who thoroughly beat Holger Runa in four sets as well. The other semifinal, one for the ages. Shawnee, I'll be uh, gushing about this one tomorrow when Novak Djokovic meets world number one Carlos Alcaraz. But the women's semifinals gets underway in 20 minutes. Karolina Muchova meets world number two Arena Sabalenka. And then later this morning, world number one Iga Sviantek looks to defend her crown. She will play Beatriz Haddad Maya. Well, we found another thing Boyle's better than Schwartz at saying tennis names. I mean, boy. Boyle just crushed that. That was great. And, and, and almost every language accent, he hit them all. That was really good. That was good. Some of those are tough. Yeah. That's why most anchors don't even do tennis scores here on the network. <laughs> they don't want to pronounce the names. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Jay, Bizzle, still... <laughs> Jay Bizzle for Shizzle is toasting Mraz's pronunciation of Panchatula on last week's show. Trashing Bogues for doubting my boy. Yes, the boot Louisiana has unique pronunciations like Chapatulas and Chatanya. Wow. But for this one, Mraz gets a booski for Ponchatula. Wow. Hashtag toast I didn't know I got that right. That's awesome. Carla with a K also says booskies to the guys for giving us a great show while DA and Pete the Body were on daddy duty. Not easy to step into that role. They did great no matter what the naysayers say. Hashtag big baby. Hashtag landfill. There were naysayers? Yeah, I guess so. Carla with a K with a little backhanded compliment there. Wow. Don't listen to all the people that thought you guys sucked. I didn't get one of those. Interesting. (laughs) Matt has tweets, says, I'm questioning your manhood, DA, for not liking Smokey and the Bandit. Jackie Gleason was hilarious. It was a one-note joke. Again, dim-witted, overweight sheriff chasing the Bandit and getting into trouble all along the way. I don't know. I wanted to like it. I just didn't. Maybe in a different time frame, if it wasn't 3.30 in the morning, maybe I would. 
Maybe after a few booskies myself. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it. In fact, every morning my wife would come in and be like, you know, how'd it go last night? You know, did did he did he poop? Did you change the diaper? Did he eat? What's the is he sleeping? And and she would say, What'd you watch? And this one I said, Smokey and the Bandit. She said, Did you like it? I was like, I really wish I did. I didn't. I really didn't. She was surprised. I like Burt Reynolds. Okay, when we come back here on the DA show, we continue on a thirsty Thursday. We'll continue taking your booskies here, but also are the Jags going to end up staying in Jacksonville long-term with an immaculate stadium? DA, CBS Sports Radio. This is CBS. It's the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for being with us on this thirsty Thursday. Listen to the show on your phone by using the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app. And the free Odyssey app also carries all of our podcasts as well. New renderings of a sparkling, beautiful stadium for the Jaguars were released yesterday. This will be a partnership between both the city and Shad Khan, the owner, and in classic owner fashion, yeah, I'll put up 50% of the cash. You got to split it with me, though. All right. And the 50% I put up is going to go to the development around the stadium. You pay for the stadium. Oh. Okay, right? The, the billionaires always make it look like they're putting out, but they get, they get it right the way they want it, which is what makes the John Fisher thing in Oakland so interesting is because they're not giving in to him because he's a disaster. But what the stadium renditions do suggest is if this does come to fruition, the Jaguars are going to be in Jacksonville for a damn long time. The stadium looks beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. I believe it's 65,000 seats. So the perfect size for a market that big, obviously used for other things. Will not have a retractable roof. Will be outdoors and would be a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. In the meantime, where would the Jaguars play is a big question. Do they play in Orlando? Do they try to play in Gainesville? But for all the the ruminations about how the Jaguars had one foot out the door. Jacksonville can't support a professional team. The Jaguars want to be the London Jaguars, this, that, and the other thing. If they do get this done and they spend the money to do it and they invest in this stadium, they're going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars for a damn long time. That would be a good thing. I'm all for it. I don't want to see any of our teams go across seas. I don't like seeing relocation. I hate it, in fact. I think Jacksonville can be a very good market for the Jaguars. If they get the stadium, that's a huge step forward in doing so. It looks gorgeous. We will talk NBA Finals coming up here next. DA, CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. 
Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.